Hi, I'm Tony, and this is Mamas with Mouths, featuring only Tony. Um, last segment, or last episode, you guys heard a very sad story that came to be Misha's childhood. Um, this segment is going to be mine. So buckle up, get your shit and some popcorn and some tissues in. Because it's going to be a hell of a ride. I I went through some shit much from the moment I was born. So I was born with a birth defect. A cleft palate and cleft lip. Um, the moment I was born I've been told this story so many times. My biological mother called me a monster. But kept me because of SSI checks. I was worth something. Um, I struggled throughout my life trying to fit in at at school and at home. Um, I am one of five children in my biological side. And I am one in, oh god, and six children on my adopted side. Um, Growing up with my biological mother was not always easy. Um, It seemed like she was more worried about the guy that she was going to be with. Then making sure that we have food on the table. Um, I met my adoptive father when I was one years old. My biological father left my life at the age of three. After he got caught sexually assaulting one of my sisters. And to this day, I haven't spoken a word to him. Um, But... I'm sorry. Um, it was definitely a rocky childhood. I mean, I remember good things when it came to my adoptive father. When it came to my biological mother, I remember very minimal good memories. Um. I guess, according to doctors, apparently I blocked out uh, the first seven years of my life. But, um, but yeah, I, uh, I went through a lot of surgeries, a lot of trauma with my birth defect. And then when I started school, I used to get picked on all the time. From anywhere from, uh, Students to maintenance, aka janitors, to the principals. Really, I I was picked on by the entire school. Um, when it came to school-wise, I had I was that typical nerd growing up. I was a little slow with my speech and I kind of got picked on quite a bit just because of my appearance 
Now, if you were to take the time for a split second while we're here, I'll wait. And Google Clufflip and Palette. You will see what I mean by I used to get picked on. I only had it in one nostril, and my palette was split down the middle from the top. And because of that, I had a speech impediment. And as you're hearing me now talk, you can probably hear me breathe more than my words. And that's because I have um, air restriction because the nostril that the cleft lip targeted, it, uh, not targeted, where it didn't form. I'm sorry. There's no air passage there. It's all cartilage. So pretty much my left nostril is useless. Um, but yeah, so like, I could be sitting there just writing, and all you're going to hear is me like wheezing or breathing heavy, and I got picked on a lot because of it. The other thing is, is that because of my lip being split and re-sewn, the nerves didn't didn't form like they were supposed to and my upper lip is numb where I when I was a kid I couldn't tell when my nose ran and I used to get picked on all the time for that now at home um why I say that I don't remember much of the first seven years at home Mm -hmm. is because of the fact that um my biological mother didn't really do anything to me trauma-wise until afterwards. And that was after my now-adoptive father left our home because he was pretty much like the protector in the house. Um, after they split up, which was a whole other story, um, it... She got together with this guy, and, I mean, (coughs) at first glance, I wouldn't really say that he was a bad guy, but he definitely showed his true colors within a few years after that. Um, The memories that I have of my biological mother are me and my siblings being cramped into a one-bedroom going to bed with a triple bunk bed. And if one of us didn't go to bed like we were supposed to and all of us were goofing off, her either her or her boyfriend would come in with a belt and would start whipping us. It didn't matter if they were hitting us in the chest, hitting us in the stomach, and, you know, what I call, mm-hmm. what my, my, I taught my kids to say, mm-hmm. like, your rod or your flower for male and female. Like it didn't matter. He just swung because it was dark out. It was dark in the house, in the room and nobody seemed to care. Well, me and my older sister, we hid it a lot from my adoptive father like he had no idea. I got into makeup at a really really young age. Um but there was a one time that they came into the room because me and my other, other, other 
we'll call him by his nickname. We'll call them all by their nicknames. Um, me and my younger brother, Fez, uh, were joking around. We were talking about, like, Pokemon or something like that. It was the weekend. We were just hanging out because, you know, him and my brother would stay most of the time over at my adoptive father's house. And so we would only see each other really on the weekends. And um, uh, there was this one night that he came in, the boyfriend, he came in and he started yelling at us. He said that if he came back in, that he was going to hit us with the belt and there's going to be like serious consequences. Well, I was just happy to see my brothers and it got up laughing and it kept laughing. So my biological mother came in. She whipped me in the face with the belt. I have a scar on my lower jaw. I believe it. I I'm dyslexic. I'm sorry. Um, the right side. There's an indent, a permanent indent on the side of my face from the belt buckle hitting me. And then she dragged me off of the second uh, bed had me grab my blanket and brought me into the washer and dryer, which, uh, washer and dryer room, the laundry room, which had just started. And she made me sleep in there. Now that room was like a closet. So there was no window. There was no ventilation. And she shut the door on me. I th thought that I was going to die. <laughs> Honestly, because it got so hot in there, and it was the middle of July. Um, but at that point, it was to the point where me and my older sister couldn't hide it anymore. And the next day, um, we were supposed to stay over at my adopted father's house for the night. And we went up there. He took one look at my face, asked me who did it. I told him that it was you know, Bio's boyfriend. And he went over there and he went into her house, grabbed him, dragged him down the stairs and brought him out into the street and beat the living fuck out of him. If it wasn't for my dad's friends, or not my dad's friends, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No, definitely not my dad's friends. It was my... Uh, Bio's boyfriend's friends. If they didn't come out when they did and pulled my dad off, um, I don't think that he would be here right now. I think he would still be in prison. He would probably go to prison. My dad would never harm anybody, but if you fuck with his kids, he will come at you full force. And when it comes to my dad, my dad... He doesn't like confrontation. He is very shy. He, well, not really shy, just more of like he's kept to himself. He trusts nobody. And again, he like keeps to his other peoples. And his peoples happen to be his kids. And obviously, my adopted mother, who is now his wife. But it was just like to the point where, you know... He's had it. I guess he's had a conversation with my bio about 
you know, hand marks being left on us and, you know, bruises and stuff like that. And he had no idea about the belt. We never once told him about the belt until that day. Um, but, I mean... I don't even know. I've gone through so much childhood trauma. It's insane. Um, there was this boy that lived in my adopted father's building. We moved, and when we all moved, literally my bio lived on one side of the street down the road. And my adopted father lived at the top of the hill on the same street up the road. So it was like, I literally be like, I don't want to stay here. So I could walk in the middle of the night at like 2 o'clock in the morning and walk over to my dad's house and stay at my dad's. But uh, I didn't do that. But yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Uh... There was a boy that lived up there uh, in my adopted dad's building. Um, I know that he would want me to share his story, so his name was Eric. He had a little sister named Emma, and his, he was living there with his mother and his father. Me and him clicked instantly. Like, we were best friends. He kind of became my protector. At times when my adopted father wasn't able to be. Meaning, like, he was the one that was there in the house all the time. When my dad couldn't always be there. And... Uh... I'm trying to figure out how to say this without crying because I'm really hoping that my dad never ever hears this recording and dad if you are listening to this I'm so sorry um, there was a time period where I would avoid being at my biological mother's house and I would tell my dad that I was going home but instead would go upstairs to Eric's house. Now, Eric, Eric was an amazing kid. Growing up with him was amazing. Um, but there were times that it was just his dad at the house. And before that happened, um... Eric had, before this happened, Eric had lost his little sister and his mom in a car accident, which we later found out that it was his father that did it. He tampered with her brakes and she crashed and a pole went through her, which went through Emma. Um, I... I remember a day that I went to his house because 
my biological mother and her boyfriend were fighting, and it was about me. And um, I just didn't want to deal with the repercussions at that moment, so I told my adopted father that I was going home, but I went upstairs. And I knocked on the door, asked if Eric could come out and hang out. Because I was going to see if Eric wanted to go get hot chocolate at this little place that's over by our elementary school. And he... The guy seemed like he was so kind. Like, such a kind guy. And he was like, I'm sorry, dude, but, you know, Eric is with family members right now for a little bit. I needed to take a little bit of a break from him. He should be back in a couple of days. He's like, but you're more than welcome to stay in. You know, come in and watch TV. So I was like, okay. I came in. I sat down. Started watching cartoons. And then he wanted to play a game. And the game was called... Do you know what this is? And he took a sock. I put it around my eyes. And he had me try to guess what a spoon was. Nothing wrong with that. And then he would try to have me guess a shoe. There was even a point where it was a lollipop. And then he had me guess something else. And I jumped up. I took the blindfold off. He ran into the bathroom to zip himself up. He tried to reason with me. And he's like, I'll walk you home. And I said, no, I, I know where I'm supposed to go. And I ran out as fast as I could. And as I was walking back to my biological mother's house, she had called the cops already because I was gone for like three hours at that point. And luckily, because he lived in the same building as my adopted father, they snuck out through the back and went onto the sidewalk where she was able to see me. She was sitting outside, looking around, yelling my name, because back then, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-olds were able to roam around without their parents. But that wasn't the first time that he touched me. He touched me quite a few times. And finally, Eric found out about it. And, yeah. By the time that Eric found out about it, it was too late. Damage has been done. Trauma has already been through. Um, and then in high school, uh, Eric ended up passing away. He was a couple of years older than me, so he had turned 18 when I was a freshman. And 
Uh, he enlisted. And when he came back from Iraq, um, that's when he found out about what happened. Like, who had been the reason behind his mother's death and his sister's death. And then after he reported all the evidence to the police, he went to a local uh, graveyard and he committed suicide. After high school, um, I ended up pregnant with my son, Alistair, who is 10 years old and autistic. I ended up transferring out of the school that I was in. I was bounced from school to school because my biological mother could never stay in one place. And somehow I ended up from, um, I ended up back in my hometown. And, uh, I met my ex-husband at school. We ended up pregnant with Alistair. And then, um, but the timing was off and I don't really want to go into detail. Pretty much the question of paternity test was in play at that point about Alistair. So I got scared and I ran. And I went back to where it all started. And I got into a relationship with a really, really mean man who was a serial cheater, who was very violent. It just... And the reason why I'm telling you this, even though that I'm at this point past the age of becoming an adult, it was because of the fact that I never really was a kid. Growing up, I was never able to be a kid. Oh, like, yeah, there was times, like I said, I would go and run around hanging with my friends. But the fact that my biological mother really wasn't there for us, it was up to me and my older sister to make sure that my brothers have food, made sure that, you know, we were doing our homework. We were the ones that were making sure that they were going to bed on time. But when we were at my dad's house, it was a different story. We were able to be kids, but that was only for such a short amount of time. And it was just, I don't know. My biological mother used to, when she would find out scary shit that happened to me, whether it be me self-harming myself or slipping and getting pregnant because I was being naive or I was being stupid or whatever the case was or it was because of sexual trauma. Like, I just... It, it was... 
anything that would have happened, like, my biological mother knew that I was being sexually assaulted by Eric's mother. And she sat there and told me that I shouldn't have been putting myself out there. And it would have never happened. And I sat there and told her that it would have never happened if you guys were always beating us. And she slapped me across the face. And told me to stop fucking lying to people. Contradicting. Isn't it beautiful? Um... But, yeah, and then in high school, after losing Eric and everything else that was going on in my life, moving all the time, losing friends over my biological mother because she was either not giving a shit what was going on or it was more of the fact that somebody would have a problem with me show up at the house and my biological mother would pretty much just allow them to come in and beat the fuck out of me. And it could just be because of the way I look. And um, when I found out that I was bisexual, I came out to her while sitting next to my girlfriend who she thought was like another daughter to her. I'm sorry. She used to call her the better daughter. I came out to her and told her that me and my girlfriend at the time were actual girlfriend and like girlfriend and girlfriend. Like we were seeing each other, we were kissing, holding hands, you know, knowing that we were laying in the same bed every single day, sickened her. And she tried to tell me that it was a phase and that, you know, it's cute, but, you know, it needs to stop because it's not appropriate. And that throughout time that I would see that she's right. Me and my girlfriend, we were together for about three years. Um... After that, she pretty much disowned me. I would try saying I love you to her when I would leave. And she would tell me to stop lying to her, to get out of her face. Don't say stuff that I don't mean. Now, people that know me, when I say things like that, I'm totally joking and make sure I have a smile on my face. But I would never say it to my kids. My kids know every single day how much I love them. I wouldn't joke about that with them. But my husband, <laughs> if you guys are from my TikTok, you probably have seen my lives where I tell him I want a divorce, at least every live. But with him, he can take the anger and the aggression that I have built up. Excuse me. He can handle all of that. Plus some. Because he knows that it's not me really talking. It's the trauma that's talking. Like, he knows deep down that I am madly in love with him. He has literally been my rock. But he'd rather be the one to take the hit 
than me close myself off from everybody, including my children. Um, they was, uh, I, after that, I tried multiple ways of hurting myself. Rope. Uh, pills. And then the last straw was just merely trying to just cut. And my school counselor saw the marks on my arms because she thought it was weird that it was June and I was wearing sweaters and long sleeve shirts. And so she calls my biological mother in for a meeting. And counselor's trying to advise her about putting me into therapy. And my biological mother smacks me in front of her and looks at me and says, why are you doing this to me? You wanted my attention so bad that you had to hurt yourself. Well, you're, you have my attention. Why are you doing this? And I told her that it wasn't about her. It was about my feelings and how I've been feeling shut down. I've been pushed aside. There was so much other things that were going on behind the scenes that at this point, I don't want, I'm trying to think of the words to say, like, I don't want to dredge up everything that had happened because a lot had happened. And that's why I'm skipping around and I'm not really being concise with the ages because of the fact that the most traumatic parts of my life, I can't even bring out. My biological mother would sit there and have me take sho like a shower or a tub at a certain age, and it was under high school age, so like before 14, and I would always have to have my door, the bathroom door open. Yes, I do that with my stepson, but we do that more as the fact that the curtain is closed. Razors and, you know, things are out of there, so he can't hurt himself. Back then, she would leave everything out. I wasn't allowed to have a curtain, and the bathroom door had to be open, and her and her boyfriend would always have men in the house. Safe to say, they're not even safe, because I hate that phrase when it comes to things like this. Sadly to say, I lost my virginity not by choice. And because of it, and because of all of the assault that I had gone through, it makes it, my marriage very difficult at times. I can't cuddle with my husband. I can't do PTA with him that much in public. I can't even hold his hand walking in the store because I feel uncomfortable. And when it comes to being behind the bedroom door, well, that stays between me and us. But I always end up feeling bad afterwards because I get so scared.
people that go through childhood trauma shouldn't live in fear. And my only advice for those that are watching or listening, I should say, if you have been sexually assaulted or you have been beaten a lot in your life as a child, please go see a therapist. Get the help that you need because I wish that I did because I'd probably be more affectionate towards the people I love. And sometimes I feel like my family hates me for it. So happy I took that phone call that you guys heard. That was my mom. <laughs> Calm me down. But with this being said, as my closing, and I know it's not a cheery, happy one, mental health is a very serious thing, and it starts a lot of the time in childhood trauma. Please reach out to your therapist or to your doctor that can refer you to a specialist if you need to. Know this segment that we're doing is not sponsored. We just want to build awareness. With that being said, um, we encourage you guys to come forward if you feel the need to. You guys are allowed to private message us. Um, if you go to Facebook and check out Mamas with Mel's Facebook, uh, you can, or you can private message me or Foxy Mish on uh, Facebook, on Instagram, on any social platform. You just have to look up our our names. Send us your stories. We can, if you feel comfortable enough, we can share them. They can be completely anonymous. They do not have to have your name on it. But the whole point of this is to be able to speak up and speak loud against childhood trauma, against child abuse. That's one reason why me and Mish have been talking about our children so much because we deal with CPS or in other places, DCYF, where we're being accused of doing things that we're not even doing. And the case keeps getting closed, but people keep opening it up because either they don't like us or they feel that we shouldn't be parents. All right. Um, I'm sorry. I had to cut that. Um, my mom ended up calling me again to calm me down. Um, but yes, mental health is a serious problem in the U.S. and in the world right now, especially with COVID going on. 
So please talk to your doctors. Get the help that you need if you feel that you need it. Again, this is not a sponsored uh, episode. We are just trying to build awareness and make it known that some people act a certain way due to the things that they went through in their life. I want to thank everybody so much. If you guys want to share your story for the next segment or the next final episode of this, please, we encourage you to reach out to us. Everything can be completely anonymous. Um, We just want to get everybody's stories out there as many as we can because this is a huge cause that we just want to work on helping people understand mental health when it comes to childhood trauma and that leads into adulthood trauma. We love you and we hope and we look forward to hearing from you. I'm Tony. This is Mamas with Mouse. Stay squirrely and I'll say it for Mish. Stay foxy. I love you all.